It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of Gina Gardner and Friends. I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to introduce to you Marcy Shymoff. Now, this is a lady that I have known for a number of years. I have taken part in her Your Year of Miracles. It's a, a program which she is a founder of, and I can tell you it's pretty amazing. She's a number one international bestseller multiple times, and you may be very familiar with the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, but she's written Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul. She's also written Happy for No Reason and she was a teacher on The Secret. She is a lady of immense dimensions and somebody I'm very, very pleased to have on the show. Marcy, a huge welcome. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you, Gina, for having me. I absolutely love what you're doing and I always love having a conversation with you. So I'm sure this is gonna be really fun and interesting. We're gonna be talking about miracles and living in the miracle zone. And when you look at what's going on around the world, so many people, I think, are struggling and perhaps find it hard to believe that they can be in the miracle zone despite everything that's going on. What's your thoughts about that? Mm. Well, I I understand that feeling completely. If If a number of years ago, you had told me that I would be living in what I call the miracle zone, I would have said, you're crazy. That's nuts. I was a depressed, unhappy person. And um, what I've seen is how not only I, I came to this out of my own deep desire for uh, greater uh, happiness in my life. And I, I, I'll tell a little bit more about the story in a bit, because I think I think it's kind of interesting for people. But what I would say is I have seen now over the last I've been I've been um, speaking and teaching about miracles for the last decade. And I've seen two things. I've seen that number one, we need this now more than ever. We live in a society where it's just very, very challenging to think in terms of the miraculous. And number two, it is possible no matter where anybody is 
to shift. And let me just define what I mean by miracle and miracle zone, because I think that's what will make more sense for everybody. So the dictionary definition of a miracle is a surprise and welcome event that can't be explained by science and that's often attributed to divine grace. So we can't create miracles, but what we can do is we can create the conditions for miracles to flow into our lives. And that is something that is so trainable and anybody can really do. You know, I think so many people are focusing on the fear and on lack that they lose sight of anything else. But what I would like to do is, I want to backtrack a moment because you have an amazing story. Will you share that with us? Because people who are looking at this and thinking what's all right for you will get a very different perspective when they realize just where you've come from and how you live in the miracle zone. Despite, and I sometimes think maybe because of the struggles that you've had and that you've overcome, have made you so resilient and so open to the good things in life. So, mm. what's your story? Yeah. So, I, as I said, I'm the least lack, likely person to be speaking about living a miraculous life. Um, I was born depressed. I, I joke that I came out of the womb with existential angst. <laughs> and, um, I had great parents. They were wonderful. I had all the right circumstances, but I just had this dark cloud around me uh, from, from, from the get-go, from the start. I remember when I was um, perhaps eight or so, um, my, I, I, my solution to my depression was something called sugar. And I became a sugar addict. And that didn't help matters. By the time I was in high school, I was about 35 pounds overweight. And so when I was in my early 20s, I decided I want to be happy. This is it. I just want to be happy. And sugar isn't the way. And, um, and so I set goals for myself. And I figured that once I got those goals, then I would be happy. And I think a lot of people do that. Now, let me share with you. I set five goals, and I think people can relate to these. I wanted to have a successful career helping people, a wonderful husband or life partner, fabulous friends, a comfortable home, and the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. <laughs> now, I got four out of the five. I do not have Halle Berry's body, but I have a healthy body for which I'm very grateful. And I will tell you, Gina, I worked really hard to get all my ducks in a row so that I could finally be happy, right? Yep. Well, I had a turning point moment. It was in 1998. I had three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. I had all those other things going for me in that list of goals that I had. And I had just finished giving a speech to 8,000 people, and I had autographed 5,432 books. They had counted as I was going. Oh, and I, re I remember after autographing that last book, on one hand, I felt like an author rock star. Mm -hmm. But after autographing that last book, I went up to the hotel room where I was staying. I walked over to these beautiful windows overlooking. It was in Chicago. I was overlooking Lake Michigan. And I took in the sight and I turned around and I collapsed onto the bed and burst into tears. 
And I burst into tears because I realized I had gotten all those things that I thought I needed to be happy. And I still had that emptiness inside that I had felt as a kid. And I could no longer fool myself into thinking that just the next thing was going to finally make me happy. So that's when I dove headfirst into the research on happiness. I interviewed all the happiness uh, top experts. I interviewed what I called 100 unconditionally happy people, my happy 100. And I started practicing what it was they were doing. And it worked. And I was shocked. It worked. I went from a D plus in happiness to an A if you were giving me a grade. And I'm still a work in progress. But what I realized that there are specific things that people can do to be happy. And then about 10 years ago, I started waking up every morning going, wow, my life is miraculous. Like just the right people would show up when I was thinking about them or some ideas would come to me. It was just miraculous. And I realized that in the same way that there's a way to learn how to be happier, there's also a way to put yourself in the miracle zone. And that's how this all came about. It's an amazing story. And one, I think that anybody given the for the preparedness to work at it to really look at their lives to be very clear about the patterns that are serving them and the patterns that aren't and do something about it can have the same now i notice in so many people i call it comparatonitis you know mm. they compare with other people of god and they're not happy so mm. you then get into that i'll be happy when syndrome and you are a perfect example when nice. i've got my five goals i'll be happy But of course, it's always in the future. And as soon as you get there, you keep putting new criteria in and new and new. And so you never quite get there, do you? It You absolutely don't. And and there's science behind why. The science shows that we all have something called a happiness set point. And no matter what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, you will tend to hover around your happiness set point unless you do something consciously to change it. This is why people who win the lottery, you think, oh, all I have to do is win the lottery and then I'd be happy. Well, you would be for a couple of months, but within a year, you would return to your original happiness set point. And so the happiness set point is the key to our happiness level. And it's here's how it's determined. It's 50% genetic. You're born with it. It's only 10% your circumstances, such a tiny piece of the pie, yet everybody's running around trying to make their circumstances great so they can be happy, but it only accounts for so little. The other 40% is your habits of thoughts and behavior. And that's where we can really impact our happiness. And I'll take it one step further and say that the scientists in the field of epigenetics, like Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote The Biology of Belief, they say that that 50% that's genetic That also can be influenced by our habits of thoughts and behavior. That can change. So 90% of our happiness set point can change by changing these habits of thoughts and behavior. And I would say it's the same with miracles. Opening up to the, the area of miracles can be changed by changing these habits. There's lots to explore here, and I know that people will be really interested in that. But we've got to go for a short break. Don't go away. When we kind of come back, we're going to start looking at 
what can you do? What are the practicalities of being happy and also of enabling yourself to access more miraculous things within your life? So don't go away. People are wondering. What's gotten into Lindsay? She's never been sharper. This basketball star married himself in 1996. Who is Dennis Rodman? Correct. Son of a... She's sleeping better than ever, which the paparazzi aren't thrilled about. I miss Lindsay! She's even more productive, trading DUIs for DIY. The verdict is... Gorgeous. Maybe it's not what's gotten into Lindsay. It's what Lindsay's gotten into. Hey, William. Planet Fitness. Get glowing and feel spectacular. So, what is love? Love is being independent. Love is dancing. At Shriners Hospital for Children, love is a new smile. At Shriners Hospitals for Children, love is caring for a child, regardless of the family's ability to pay. If you know a child we can help, visit ShrinersHospitalsForChildren.org. Welcome back. My guest today, Marcy Shimoff, is talking about happiness and being in the miracle zone. Marcy, before the break, you were talking about 90% of the quality of our life can be changed by the way in which we think, our mindset, the you know, our beliefs, and so on, our thoughts. So somebody's listening to this, they may not be familiar with The Secret or any of the chicken soup um, books, or you know, happiness is something that they think is a set piece. Mm-hmm. What, how would you start somebody off? You know, what's what are the small shifts in their way of being that can start to make the difference? So what I found in my work in living in the miracle zone is that there are five main foundations for living in the miracle zone, for living a life where you're open to the synchronicities happen to, you know, like the wind is at your back and life just feels like it's working. You need, you, you find you need some extra money. You need a thousand dollars to pay a bill and you get in the mail, a check for a thousand dollars that you weren't expecting or, you know, whatever in any area we, we find with this. And so I'll just go through these five foundations And I'd like everybody to notice which of these do you tend to be weakest in, in general, because where I find it's the best to start is where you're the weakest, your Achilles heel. Yep. And I know it's hard for people to remember five of anything. So I created an acronym. I call it Usher and it's about ushering in the miracles. So the U in Usher stands for universe and it's about trusting in the universe Mm-hmm. trusting in the goodness of life, trusting in, you know, Einstein said that the most important question we can ask ourselves is, is this a benevolent universe? And what I found is that happier people will always say yes. Now that doesn't mean that, that things happen always the way they want them to happen. No, not cool. But when things happen that they don't like, they don't feel like, they don't feel like a you know, they feel like life is for them rather than against them. That they're not predictive, though, are they? They're not exactly. saying, for me, look, what can you expect? Right. Life is always so unfair to me. Yes, exactly. So they're more in the mode of I trust in the universe and in the goodness of life and that life is for me. So that's the U in Usher. The S stands for soul and is about living from the soul. 
Now, most people are used to living from what we call the ego, or um, uh, as my dear friend and co-leader of your year of miracles, Sue Mortar, Dr. Sue Mortar calls it the protective personality. Mm-hmm. And from that, we're we're making our decisions based on what we think we should do or what other people think we should do. And, and we're not listening to the truth of our soul and living from our soul. So the second thing is, are you living aligned with your soul? Are you making decisions and moving forward in your life in a way that feels aligned with the truth of you? Or is it completely... Um, at the mercy of everyone else's opinions of what you think you should do. So that's the S. The H stands for heart. And it means leading with the heart. I have never seen a happy person who did not live with an open heart. I've never seen a happy person who wasn't also kind and generous and um, forgiving and all of that. Unhappy people, closed hearted. So leading with an open heart is really important. Do you make your decisions only based on your mind? The mind is brilliant and the mind is a wonderful thing, but it's off. It's always best as a servant of the heart. Yes. I would have your heart making the decisions. Then there's the E and the E has to do with your energy, choosing where you put your energy and attention. You know, what we put our attention on grows stronger in our lives. And people who are living a more miraculous life choose carefully where they put their energy and attention. And that includes they choose who they spend their time with. They choose what environments they put themselves in. So our ability to choose uh, our energy and our attention, our thoughts, um, is very, very critical for living a, a better life. And then finally, the R stands for responsibility. And it is about taking responsibility for your life. Not, as you said earlier, Gina, not being a victim of life, but being a victor in life. And you know that that you're a victim in life when you show up a lot of blame, blaming other people, shaming, which is blaming yourself, or complaining. So if you were to look at all five of those, trusting in the universe, living from the soul, leading with an open heart, uh, choosing where you put your energy and attention and taking responsibility for your life, being a victor in life. Take a look at where you feel the weakest and that's where you start. Now, Gina, I'm going to ask you where you feel the weakest in this. Well, I actually think I I score pretty well on all of them, but then I have been through your year of miracles (laughs) and, and done a lot of personal work. What's interesting for me is, is these principles, which are the principles I live my life by and the principles that I work with clients, I think that ultimately I would perhaps start at a different place, and that is to take radical responsibility for yourself and your thoughts, your words, your deeds. Everything you think, say, and do leaves a living legacy for you and for other people. Mm. And then out of that, it's where what do you believe are your beliefs empowering you and if your belief is that the universe is benign and that life is serving you rather than it's against you then taking responsibility for that 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 always seems to be the place that i go back to because when you are being conscious about it and you can't take responsibility unless you are 
being truly conscious, then all of those other things are, I believe, easier to put into place. Mm. Once you've taken that response, that that decision to be radically responsible. Because when you do that, nobody can make you unhappy or uh, make you feel awkward or or sad unless you choose to let them. And if you're taking radical responsibility, then every one of your thoughts, you know that it's your responsibility to focus on the good or the bad, to focus on what you can do. For me, a big lesson was you know, focusing on what I could do physically rather than what I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the reasons why your work resonates so well with me is that every single one of those strategies fits in the way that I live my life mm-hmm. and the way I encourage other people to. Now, we're going to go to a short break. But when we come back, I'd like you to um, to talk people through the Year of Miracles, because I do know that you're going to be starting a new uh, programme um, very soon. And I think for me that one of the reasons why it was, was great, and I'd already done a lot of, of personal development work, so that I would say things didn't come as a surprise, but I liked the way that it was people were given the opportunity to share, to be engaged within the programme, not just at at an insular individual level, but also within a group and and so on. The support was there. And I think that's something that's well worthwhile. So don't go away. When we come back, Marcy's going to tell you about about the programme, how it started and why it's such a good thing for people to do. So... See you in a minute. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Marcy, how did you come to start Year of Miracles? So about 10 years ago, I really found myself just feeling and saying very often to people around me, when people would say, how are you? I would just say, my life feels miraculous. And it just, it came kind of as a surprise to me. I was waking up in the morning, feeling happy, looking at the sunrise and feeling like, oh my God, is this, you know, miraculous. Um, and, and everything was just working. It was in that flow. And I thought, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I realized much like I had realized that there was a formula for living a happier life, raising your happiness set point and and the formula for that. I thought, you know what? There is really a formula for living a more miraculous life. There's a lot of overlap between my work on happiness. And and, and so I broke it down into, uh, into different sections and I started teaching it. I started initially with eight people. I did an application. I had people apply for this little program and, and I ended up having 2000 people apply (laughs) for eight (laughs) slots. And I thought, Oh no, Uh, this is something that people really want. And so then I ended up opening up a, a, a less, um, what you experienced uh, to that. We now have over 5,000 people from 88 countries around the world in it. And 
And it's just a very systematized program for helping people easily step into the miracle zone, into that place where miracles just are commonplace. And it works. It blows my mind. To be honest, it's blowing my mind. I think for me, one of the things that's so pertinent is you started your day by thinking, I'm living a miraculous life. I wonder how many of you are listening who start your day thinking, oh, God, I've got to go to work and I hate it. Or, oh, I hope the postman doesn't bring me any bills. Or I've got to face that. We had a row last night and now I've got to try and sort it out. And if you start your day in that negative way, somehow it has a habit of just getting worse and worse and worse. You know, one of the things that... um, that I, I've often done with people who are really, really depressed is to, to get them to start the day doing the funky chicken. You know, mm. the funky chicken dance where yeah. you stand on your hips and you waggle your elbows. Well, if you can't feel your coffin, it's a new day. So I choose to be happy. And I have clients who call it the penguin and the ostrich and goodness only knows what else. But the thing is, it makes you smile. And if you start the day with a smile, then the day is likely to get better rather than worse and it sounds a bit trite but ultimately these little things the way in which you turn up the way in which you wake up and start your day they make a profound difference don't they they absolutely do not only the way you start your day but then also the way you end your day before your sleep because what happens in the last 15 minutes or so of your day actually programs what's the quality of your sleep and according to the happiness research Your happiness today is based more on the quality of your sleep that you got last night than it is based on your income level or your marital status. So it's it's both the start of our day and the end of our day are so important. And, you know, as you were speaking that, I just wanted to bring up one thing that I think is uh, what I've seen is is vital um, to living a more miraculous life. And it's something that a lot of people are missing, and that is feeling worthy. actually feeling worthy of miracles. We block our miraculous life by not having enough self-love. And, you know, I'll tell you a very just brief story that happened to me. Years and years ago, I was um, taking a workshop with Marianne Williamson, who was a mentor of mine in those days, now a very dear friend. And she said, if you make a lot of money, but you haven't changed your consciousness to be able to feel worthy of receiving that, you will inevitably lose it. And I thought to myself, that's ridiculous. I would never lose my money if I made a lot of money. Well, sure enough, a couple of years later, the first Chicken Soup for the Soul books came out. And sure enough, I started losing the money. Fortunately, I remembered what Marianne said. And I realized, oh, I'm I'm blocking it. I'm I don't have the consciousness to receive that. And I started working on my consciousness and my worthiness and self-love. And then everything shifted. And so that's why. You know, I in your year of miracles, one of the first things we do is we work on that level of worthiness to receive that self-love, um, because I think that's so critical. Not only is it so critical for you know, for enabling you to access a life of miracles, but I believe every relationship that we have with other people is a reflection of the relationship we have with ourselves. So if you believe yourself to be worthy, then you will set boundaries in a very different way than someone who has no self-worth. So your relationships, both personal and professional, are going to get better. 
You know, Absolutely. I'm so conscious of time and we could talk all day, but we've got the last couple of minutes and there's two things I want to do. The first is that we belong to B1G1 and we invite every guest to choose one of four projects that we will donate to on your behalf. B1G1 is buy one, give one. The projects are vetted. All of the money that's donated goes to the projects and they earn the money to actually run the projects and the charity in a different way. So the projects at the moment are clean water, um, education, um, the environment and um, and health. So which of those four are you going to choose? Oh, my goodness. They're all so fantastic. And thank you for doing this. And I'll choose education. Thank you very much. I'm not at all surprised, actually. I thought you might. <laughs> so where can people find you? And then your your, your year of miracles, uh, your next one starts when? It starts in January, the beginning of January, January 11th, actually. Um, but they can go to youryearofmiracles.com, youryearofmiracles.com. But there's one other thing I want to offer, and that is a free ebook called The Four Biggest Mistakes That Keep You From Living a Miraculous Life. And then in there, there's what to do about them. So you can get that at miracles, plural, miraclesebook.com, miraclesebook.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I have to come back on the show because there's so many other things that we could talk about. And thank you for joining me and Marcy. Um, you know, this show is dependent upon you. I'd love to hear your story, what you think of the show, and if there are any themes that you would like us to cover. So email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at Gina Gardner and Friends, and Gardner has an I in it. So Gina at Gina Gardner and Friends. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me, Marcy. Thank you, listeners, for joining me. And we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.